Would you go please this morning to 1 Samuel, the second chapter? We've been talking for some uh, uh, weeks now about the subject of reverence and glory. Reverence and glory. And our our main text has been this scripture in 1 Samuel 2, 1 Samuel, second chapter, and the uh, 29th and 30th verses go together, but this last phrase in verse 30, the Lord says, for them that honor me, I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. The Lord is known by his righteous judgments. He is completely fair. Let God be true and every man a liar. That you, The Bible talks about that you may be justified when you are condemned. That's talking about people condemning God. Somebody says, what? Yeah, people do it. How would they do that? By saying, God, that's not fair. That's not right. You're not, that's not fair. Everything God ever did was completely and totally fair. Everything he did not do was completely and totally right and just and fair. And when people look up, I don't care if they're hurting or what's going on, and they shake a fist and go, God, that's not fair. They're saying they don't believe in him. How many believe God is real and that he is good and he is righteous and just in all his ways? And he's never let anybody down. He's never failed anybody. And he's not going to start with you. Let me tell you something that will get you through some rough places in life. Something that will get you through some of the hardest places in life. There will be times when you don't know why. And you don't understand why this happened or why this didn't happen. And there may be times that you're hurting and even through tears. You don't understand why it is the way it is or why did this hasn't changed already or why this hasn't happened? But let me tell you what will get you through the roughest times. You look up even through your tears and you say, Lord, I don't know why this is this way. I don't know why this hasn't already changed. I don't know why you haven't been able to do this or to do that that I know is good and I know it's your will. But I know this. You're good. Yes. And you're faithful. And you're righteous and just in all your ways. And I trust you. I trust you in life. I'll trust you in death. I trust you. But people say, well, what if I die? You know, trying to believe God. There ain't no better way to die. Even if you came short some way or another. If you passed out of this life into the next. And you went, oops. And you said, Lord, I was believing you all. I knew how. He said, I know it, baby. Come here. (laughs) And you'll realize there was all kind of stuff you didn't see and you didn't know and you didn't understand. But he was looking at your heart the whole time. 
This whole thing's going to be over just this quick anyway. And this will sustain you. Say it out loud again. Lord, I trust you. No matter what. I believe in you. Your goodness. Your mercy. Your faithfulness. You are righteous and just in everything you do. In everything you don't do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Well, he said here, them that honor me, I will honor. Those that despise me. Now, most folk today wouldn't think that they would dare to despise the Lord, and yet it's happening all around us. In fact, if you, if the word despised is used a little differently in uh, the scripture than the way we use it today, people think to despise something is to disdain it and maybe even disgust and bold rejection. But no, according to the scriptures, if you just fail to value something, you despise it. If you just look at something and ignore it or go, what's the big deal? You just despised it because you didn't value it. How many understand when the Lord says something, we're not supposed to think that's no big deal. When he's doing something, his things, his works, his ways should be honored. The word honor has to do with valuing. Honor has to do with holding something as weighty, as valuable, as heavy with worth. And so uh, we, this is not something that you just learn all about and develop completely in, in a week or two. Even though you've grown in this area in the last years of your life, how many believe you could grow a lot more the rest of this year? The Lord tears is coming in your ability and understanding to honor the Lord. And is that going to have an effect on your life? If you learn how to honor him more, what's the result of that from this verse? He will honor you. Do you want him to honor you? Yes. Yes. Jesus talked about not seeking the honor that comes from men, but the honor that comes from God alone. When God honors you, it's something no man can do for you. When he honors you, and his honor is in so many different ways, it means he values you. I remember uh, years ago, uh, in the beginning days of ministry in our life, that I had a number of other things that took up a lot of my time, and it seemed like it was hindering me from the ministry. You know, the uh, disciples and apostles said in Acts, they said, it's not reason for us to leave the Word of God and to wait on the tables. We need to give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the Word. And uh, I was praying to the Lord about it, of course, didn't realize at that time, how young I was and how inexperienced I was. And he began to speak to my heart. He said, son, the more valuable your time becomes to me, the more of it I'll give back to you. The more of it I'll help you to redeem. Didn't the Bible tell us to be redeeming of the time? You know, uh, why does the Lord need to give you plenty of money and free up your time so you can just sit in front of the TV? 
You got to get interested in what he's interested in. Right? And give yourself to his. And the more you do that, then the more important your time becomes to him. And the more important your time becomes to him, then the more tools he'll give you. And the more money and the more ability he will give you to redeem your time. You know, the TV and the internet are powerful tools. For redeeming our time. In one service we can preach to more people than if we traveled around. Right? For months and months. Is that right? The aircraft is a tool for redeeming time, isn't it? We can go here, we can do this. But if I'm not doing anything that's important to him, why would he be interested in giving me and giving the church us these tools to do these kind of jobs? Oh, can you see this? Can you see I'm still talking about if we honor him more. Then he's able to honor us more. One of the big ways he honors us is with his presence. Isn't it true? With his presence. And if he were to honor us more because we're honoring him more, that translates directly into a greater manifestation of his amazing presence. I'm hungry for this. Are you? I want to learn how to do this bigger and better and greater. Well, it translates into some very practical things, though, day to day. We don't just live in Sunday morning service, do we? Most of our life is not spent here. So we're not just wanting to honor the Lord for a couple of hours on Sunday morning. Or three or four, as the case may be. (laughs) This is a full service church here. <laughs> we don't cut you short. <laughs> we should be honoring the Lord at home. At the breakfast table. We should be honoring the Lord in our front yard. In our cars as we're riding around. At the workplace. This should be something that is a way of life for us. And it should not be something that we have capped or peaked in but that we are developing in and that we're actually showing the Lord more honor next week than we did last week Hmm? but this won't just happen automatically it happened because you desire it and you reach for it and you put these things that we're talking about into practice look with me in Proverbs if you would please the third chapter Proverbs 3 verse 5 Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Read this next phrase out loud with me. In all your ways, do what? Read that phrase again. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Say it again. In all your ways, Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That's a wonderful word. Isn't that a wonderful word? That he will direct your paths. Not he might. Sometimes it could happen. No, he shall direct your paths. If and as you and I do what? As we acknowledge him in all our ways. Does this sound similar to our text? Honor the Lord, them that honor me, I will honor. Acknowledging him 
is a big way of honoring him. Like we've said before, to despise him could be as simple as not acknowledging him, not including him, not recognizing him, not involving him, acting like he's not there, acting like you don't need to acknowledge him. We're not to just be mindful of him when we're at church. How many know every decision you begin to make, you should check with him? Are you your own Lord? Do you have a Lord? What does it mean to have a Lord? A Lord means somebody's over you. You are not your own boss. Well, if you're not your own boss, he's your boss, then you should check in with him. For you just do stuff. For you just make your plans. We are so blessed to have some light, a little anyway, and revelation on how to be led by the Spirit. You know, millions of believers don't have a clue about this. And they just make their plans and they just do their things. And they don't even know that they can be led by the Spirit every day, even in the small things of life. You know, people just make their plan. Well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they talk to their children that way. Well, baby, you can be anything you want to be. You know, just decide what do you want to do? Well, that's not true. Well, they're smart. They're amazing. They can do anything they want to do. No, they can't. Not and be successful. It's not for us as Christians and believers to decide what we want to be and what we want to do. That's already been decided for us. We have a Lord. He has a plan. He's known the end from the beginning. It's not for us to decide what we want to be and do. It's for us to seek Him and discover what He's foreordained for us to be and do and walk in that. We must acknowledge Him and honor Him. And if we'll do that, tell me what He said He would do. He said He would honor us. But according to this verse right here, if we will acknowledge Him, what will He do? He's going to direct us. Oh, glory to God. I mean, he's going to lead us this way. And he's going to lead us that way. And day to day and week to week, we're going to be at the right place at the right time again and again. And he's going to cause us to develop into what he ordained that we should be. But how does it start? We acknowledge him in all our ways. And he directs us in all our paths. Now, with that in mind, go with me to the book of James, please. James, the fourth chapter. James chapter four. While you're turning there, let me read this to you. Hebrews 5, 7 says in the NIV, it says, the Lord Jesus in the the days of his life on the earth, when he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, he was heard because of his reverent submission to the master himself. He was heard because of his reverent submission. Um, The Lord's had me teach on the subject of submission for decades now. And it's even more unpopular now than it was when I started. 
Submit, submission is a politically incorrect term and a religiously and socially unacceptable term in today's society. And yet, it's Bible. And I'm going to understand the Lord didn't tell you something that's just going to put you in bondage and hurt you. The truth makes you free. Did Jesus submit? To the Father. Did Jesus acknowledge the Father. In all of his ways. He said I do always. Those things that please him. How many believe. There never was a day. There never was a half a day. That Jesus just did his own thing. And didn't check in with the Father. Never was. I mean every day. All day long. The gospel account of John. Is an eye opener in this respect. I mean Jesus just page after page. Chapter after chapter. He's talking about the father. The father. The father this. The father that. The works that I do I don't do of myself. The father in me. He does the works. I can't do anything of myself. He said whatever I see the father do. That's what I do. Whatever I hear the father say. That's what I say. The father. The father. The father. The father. Was he submitted to the Father. Did he acknowledge the Father? Did he honor the Father? Did the Father honor him? Oh. He honored him in the utterance that he gave through him. The words that he spoke through him. Now you got to remember, he's operating, even though he is God, he laid aside his power and ability as God and became a man. He's operating as a man. But did God honor him? Oh, through the miracles in the ministry. Through the presence, through the glory. You can see the full manifestation of our text in how he honored the Father and how the Father honored him. That's a whole other study. There are many scriptures along that same line. But he acknowledged him. And he was heard when he prayed because of his reverent submission. I know the further I go, the more I see where I myself And so many others have missed it by trying to get the Lord to adapt to us. A lot of times ignorantly, you didn't even realize what you were doing. You weren't meaning to do it that way, but you were trying to get him to do it your way. And that's sometimes why people are frustrated and they pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. and seem like they're further from it after a month than they were when they started. And don't realize that they started the prayer with the wrong words. Instead of starting the prayer by telling the Lord what they wanted, they should have started it with a question. (laughs) Are you with me now? Pride tells. Humility asks. You ever heard the phrase, are you asking or telling? Does it make any difference? Oh, it makes a lot of difference. Huge difference. When it comes to the Lord, what should you be doing? Asking or telling? James 4, are you there? James 4, and we'll start in about verse uh, 6. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, 
but gives grace to the humble. Is there a connection between humbling yourself before the Lord and honoring Him? Yes, Yes, there is. In fact, listen to these scriptures. Don't turn there, but just listen. Proverbs uh, 29, 23 said, a man's pride will bring him low, but honor will uphold the humble in spirit. See, the spiritual effect of pride, pride does what to you? Takes you down. What does humility do? It moves you the other direction. He that, Jesus said, he that exalts himself, what would happen to him? He'll be abased. But if you humble yourself before the Lord, what did he say? You'll be exalted. See, in the world's way, the way up is to put yourself out, put yourself up. But in the Lord's uh, things, the way up is down. Jesus humbled himself and became a man, didn't he? And he obeyed the Father. And he went down. He went down, down, down to the earth. And then he went down, down, down to the heart of the earth. And he bore our sin. And he carried our pain. He humbled himself to be debased like that. And then the Father has highly exalted him from that lowest place. High above every name that is named above every being under the earth. On the earth and above the earth. And has set him down at his own right hand. On high. You see it with Jesus. The greatest of all humbled himself. The lowest of all. And the Father has exalted him. Highest above everything. Well, here he says... In Proverbs uh, 18, 12, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. What happens right before somebody's destroyed? Haughtiness. Do we believe this or not? What about the more haughty someone is? Hmm? The closer they are to destruction. If we knew that and we saw ourselves getting haughty, Alarms would go off in us, wouldn't it? We'd go, oh, oh, oh. Man, I'm headed towards destruction with this. Haughtiness. Now, there's some amazing pictures of this in the scripture if we can get to them today. He goes on to say, before honor is humility. That's Proverbs 18, 12, I believe it is. Before honor is humility. Are we talking about honor? What happens before somebody's destroyed? Haughtiness. Pride. What happens before somebody's honored? Humility. Humility. Now, how does that work with our text? Them that honor me, I will honor. Before honor is humility. Then is humility involved in honoring him? It is. Now, the word submission, if you look it up, the Bible talked about Jesus submitted to the Father. The word submission uh, was used in the Greek in a military sense, to rank or arrange under. That meant if you were submitting to somebody, you were acknowledging they have a place over me, and I'm taking my place under them. 
Should we do that with the Lord? Should we acknowledge, Lord, you are over me and I am under you. You're the boss. I'm not the boss. You're Lord. I'm not. Well, that all sounds good on Sunday morning. (laughs) But how many understand that it needs to be practiced every day, every afternoon, every evening? Somebody say practiced. Now, James 4, you read that. Let's keep reading in that same place. James 4. He said, God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. When you resist the devil, and God manifested his presence, and yokes are destroyed, and burdens are removed, and people are set free, did the Lord honor you? Yes, Yes, he did. But according to this verse, what came first? You honored him in submitting to him, in acknowledging him. Now keep reading. He goes on to say, verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Everybody read that out loud. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Does the lift you up sound like he's honoring you? Well, then what would the humbling yourselves in his sight be but you honoring him as well? You're honoring him. Now, keep reading on down in the chapter to verse 15. This is some of the things I I was wanting us to get to. Verse 15. Well, I need to back up. Verse 13. Go to now, you that say today or tomorrow... We will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Now this is not something that's preached on as much by so-called faith people. They don't like to hear that phrase about, if it be thy will. But all the Bible is right. All the Bible is good. And we need to see what he's talking about in this passage. And it's exactly what we've already been talking about this morning. These boastings and these plannings are acting like you have no Lord. That's what's wrong with this. Acting like you have no Lord. Acting like you have no head. You just say, we're going to go do this, and then we're going to go do that, and then we're going to do this. Well, hold on, hold on. Do you have a Lord? Did you ask him about all this? Did you check in with him? What did he say? Can we be led by the Spirit? Will the Lord hear us? Will he talk to us? Can we know his will? Yes, we can. 
Now, a lot of the world doesn't think so. They think, well, they just bump along and, and they just say, God, you know, lead us. And then they just go do whatever they do and just say, well, whatever happens, that's him leading. No. No. Everything you decide to do is not the will of God. You're supposed to check in with him. You're supposed to ask him. Now, you see rebellion begin to manifest in children. When they begin to get to the place, they don't want to acknowledge that they still have parents. And that they're still at home. What does that mean? Well, they're at school with some of their friends, or they're doing this or that, and they're still young, and they're still at home. And so and so, you know, why don't you come and let's do this? And they say, yeah, cool. And they say, well, you need to ask your mom? Oh, no. Do you need to ask your dad? Oh, no, no. No, you know, they let me do what I, you know, I'm not a kid anymore. And the truth is, they do need to ask mom. And they do need to ask dad. They're acting like they don't have parents. Or trying to act like they don't have parents. And that is rebellion. And that is a dishonoring of their parents. And it shows pride on their part. And it shows insecurity. Because when you are secure, you don't have any problem go, well, I think about it, but I got to ask mom and dad. When you're secure in yourself, you got no problem with that. Oh, come on. Can you see this now? And if they try to act like, oh, well, you're just a big baby. I don't have to ask my mom and dad. Well, either they don't have a correct home life or they're lying. Either way, they're insecure. They're trying to impress pride, all these things, by acting like I don't have anybody over me. I'm my own boss. Friend, this is the nature of the devil himself. Yeah. Isn't it? I said it's a nature. There's, there, you know, there's several things, but there's three big things. That's the nature of the devil. One of them is selfishness. I'm talking about selfishness, and which involves hating of other people and only caring about yourself to their exclusion or hate. Another thing is lying. Few things more devilish than lying and deception. And here's another one that's devilish, rebellion. How many know God made the anointed cherub that covers? And did he have somebody over him? Oh, yes, he did. Should he have known he had somebody over him? And would always have somebody over him. Then what's he doing saying, I will exalt my throne. I will be like the most high. I will, what's he trying to do? He's trying to act like he didn't have to, did he ask the Lord, could he do this? Did he talk to him about it? No, it's rebellion. He's usurping. Somebody say, I will not be like that. Now the nature of your flesh and unrenewed mind can be more like that than you'd like to admit. And I dare say every one of us in here have yielded to this at some point or other and didn't check in when we should have checked and didn't ask when we should ask or told when we should have been asking. Why am I saying all this? I'm still talking about our text. 
That is dishonoring the Lord. That's dishonoring your head. Go with, hold your place here in James. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 11. Now, before I go further into this, we're going to 1 Corinthians 11, I think. Do you have anybody over you in the Lord? Yeah, the Lord's over you. But I'm talking about people. Hebrews 13. In fact, it wouldn't hurt you to read it. Can you hold more than one place at a time? Okay, hold your place in uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Go to the last chapter of Hebrews. Hebrews 13. I was going to quote it to you, but I think it would be better to read it. Hebrews 13. Are you there? Hebrews 13 and 7. What does it say? Remember them which have the rule over you. Is he talking about people? People. Remember. Why would he have to say remember them? Because your flesh wants to forget. Say, nobody got to rule over me. I'm my own man. I do what I want when I want. Nobody tell me what to do. Well, then. If you're your own man, you're not God's man. How many would say, I have a Lord? I'm not my own Lord. What does that mean if you have a Lord? You are not in control of your own life. I've had people sometimes concerning the ministry and want to try to pressure me to do certain things that they think we ought to say or do or preach. And sometimes they looked at me shocked when I said, look. I don't even do what I want to do. Why would I do what you want to do? I know some folk don't believe that, but you really can hear from the Lord. And you really can get his plan. And you really can submit your will and ways to his and be led by him. I know some people think, oh, you're just doing what you want to do. and, and do about it. No, no, we're not. And you don't need to just do what you want to do. You have a Lord. He's our head. He says it again down in verse uh, 17. Hebrews 13, 17. What does it say? Obey them. them. Now that's politically incorrect also. (laughs) Right? Obey them that what? Have the rule over you. Is there somebody that's got to... We're talking about people now. And this is where it gets interesting. Are there people who have the rule over you? Or do these verses not apply to you? Who are they? Can you name them? You need to be able to name people and say, they are over me in the Lord. And if they are, you need to acknowledge them. Phyllis and I, through the years, there's been a number of times people that really were supposed to be under us in some capacity. And they came to us and just told us what they were going to do. And we talked about it afterwards. And we, we didn't feel good about it. Somebody said, well, what did you say to them? We didn't say anything to them. They didn't ask us. Hello. Are you listening? Yes, sir. And it wasn't just an oversight that they forgot to word it as a question. No, it was a matter of the heart. They didn't intend to ask. They've already made up their mind what they're going to do, and they just told us. Well, they didn't acknowledge us. 
they didn't give us any place in their life. So we understood that they wouldn't have valued what we'd have said to them if we'd have tried to push past through it and impose it on them. So we just should be quiet. I don't know if you understand these things or not, friend, but they're important. How many understand the Holy Ghost is not going to make you do what you're supposed to do? The Lord's not going to force you into his plan. He's not going to make you do what you should. Should you tell the Lord what you're going to do? Now, how many see that in James, where we just got through reading, isn't that what he's talking about? That people make their plans and say, well, i tell you what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go over to that city, and I'm going to open this business, and I'm going to buy, and I'm going to sell, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then by such and such time, I'm going to do this. He says, whoa, 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 hold on. (laughs) Do you have a Lord? Have you asked him? Did you check it with it? You ought to say, if the Lord will. You ought to be concerned about his will and ask him. Selah. <laughs> like we've already said, I've made mistakes in these areas. You've made mistakes in these areas. But the Lord's helping us. Let's learn. Let's grow, right? And instead of just bumping along and doing our own thing, let's acknowledge him. Let's honor him in every area of our life, in every decision. Let's not do a thing except we go to him and say, Lord, how about it? You tell me. And if I'm thinking wrong, if I'm going the wrong way, I think this is what we ought to do. What do you say? You tell us. Acknowledge him. Submit to him. And then doing so, you are honoring him. And what did he say he would do? In all your ways, he's going to direct your path. He's going to honor you with his presence and his grace and his glory and his favor. Why? You're not doing your own thing. You asked him. You're submitting to him. You're being led by him. You're following him. Some good things are happening in the service this morning. You can't see them all, but there are some things happening in people's spirit. Some wheels are turning. Boy, some rust has broken off of some wheels. Some cogs are churning. (laughs) They need to be. They need to be. Life is short, my brother and sister. We can't afford to waste another 10 years messing around, doing your own thing. It's short. He said, obey them that have the rule over you and do what? Oh, there's that word again. Submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Are there people that are over you in the Lord? See, this is a foreign idea to millions in our society. And a whole lot of the church don't even know what a pastor is. They think he's their little preacher that they can hire and fire as they at whim. And they hired him to do their counseling and visitation for them. Have no concept that they're supposed to be shepherds, under shepherds, that are over you. That doesn't mean they tell you what color tie to wear and what kind of car to buy. But it means, especially concerning the spiritual things of your life, if you want to get the full benefit out of the leadership, you should acknowledge it. And you shouldn't come a-telling these folk what you're going to do and what they ought to do. You should ask and be ready to hear and submit and change your mind. 
How many understand we've lost a lot of things in the past few generations in these areas? Now, 1 Corinthians 11, are you there? There, While we're talking about this, there's some light in this area. He said, uh, I'm going to read this to you out of the complete Jewish Bible, I believe it is. Verse uh, 3, he said, I'd have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Do we have a head? The head of the woman is the man. Very politically incorrect. And the head of Christ is God. Does the master have a head? Well, if the master has a head, why would you have trouble over you having a head? I said, if Jesus has a head and acknowledges that he's not his own boss, why in the world would you struggle with the idea? He said, verse 4, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. But every woman that prays or prophesies with her head uncovered, dishonors her head, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. Now, a lot of folks stay away from these verses as well. And culture is a little different today and in the West concerning veils. As then in other places, you know, on the street today, if you see a woman that doesn't have a veil, you don't automatically think something about it. But you could, you know, whatever the Lord said about hair and all these things is true. He's right about everything that he said. But I think you could get hung up on hair and veils and miss the main point. What is the main point? The main point is acting like you don't have a head. It was the man getting up and saying and doing things, acting like he didn't have a head, acting like he's not under somebody else. The woman getting up and acting like she doesn't have a head. Are you listening? Acting like I don't need to ask them. I don't need to check in. How many problems have there been in marriages over these kind of things? I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I don't have to ask anybody. I don't have to check in. Are there any people over you in the Lord? Is the Lord over you? Then should you ask? Should you check in? If you're not your own Lord, you should acknowledge him. You should acknowledge them. Should children acknowledge they have parents or just try to act like they don't? Hmm? How many understand a secure child, a child that has some understanding and some humility would have no problem speaking up and go, I got to ask mama. I got to ask daddy. No, I don't know. I can't tell you that. I have to ask them if I can or if I can't. When you throw that off and go, I ain't got to acknowledge them. I'm 13 years old. I'm not a kid anymore. (laughs) Well, they're more of a kid than they realize. If they weren't, they wouldn't be talking that way. It's the insecure and immature that talk this type of thing. This rebellion. If you were secure, you got no problem with it. You say, well, I need to ask my pastor. 
about that. I need to ask my husband about that. I need to ask my boss about that. Oh, you know, they give me a lot of freedom around here and I don't need to. Don't you need to ask your boss before you just do that? No. No, just don't say anything about it. Well, (laughs) what's the problem with saying anything about it? Are you with me or not? What's the problem? You just dishonored. We're reading the scripture. He said, when you do, when you act like you don't have a head, you dishonor your head. What about when you dishonor your head and despise your head? You will be lightly esteemed. Is it true that we not only honor the Lord by honoring him directly, but by honoring those he has sent? And receiving those he has sent. And you may not be able to respect everything uh, that a person over you says or does. They're human. They can make mistakes just like you. But you must respect the place. And you must respect God's choice. Or elsewise you wind up disrespecting the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, some meals are ice cream and tater chips. <laughs> and some meals are more substantial. So just chew a little bit. Go. <laughs> but you know it's an honoring you that the Lord would consider that you could take something besides just milk. That you could chew, right? So just smile while you chew and go, hmm. I must be growing up a little bit. Hmm. Lord gave me something I have to chew. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. One more thing. One more thing. Unless the Lord says another thing. Uh, Numbers, the 16th chapter. Go to this real quick. Numbers 16. How do you show honor? We've given you some things and we're just elaborating upon them. We said how you see Someone or something, how you hear it, how you speak about it, how you treat it. And the Lord gave me these four words years ago. And and really I'm just saying it, teaching it in a different way, the same thing. But he gave me these words, reference, deference, preference, and conference. What does that mean? How you refer to someone. How you defer to someone, how you prefer someone or something, and how you confer things upon someone or something. Referring, deferring, preferring, conferring. And that's another way of saying what I've said to you about how you see and hear and speak and treat. We're talking about deference right now. Should we defer to the greater anointing? Should we defer to the Lord and to a higher office or place? We should, and it should be obvious, and we shouldn't have a problem humbling ourselves and submitting. This was a problem in Numbers when Korah, Dathan, and Abiram and his company rebelled against the Lord and against Moses and Aaron. You remember that? And what goes before destruction? What goes before honor? Humility. 
Are these guys, you've read the book, number 16, are Korah and Dathan and Abiram and their bunch, are they in trouble? Are they in danger? Do they know how much danger they're in? And how close they are to being swallowed up and destroyed? They're clueless. Pride blinds you. They stood up. They spoke against the Lord's anointed. They basically said, who does Moses think he is? Who put him in charge? Do you know the answer to that question? The Lord put him in charge. Right? The Lord chose him. Chose him. But they're saying, we all have the Spirit. God uses us too. We get things from God. We know the Lord. And notice what Moses did in chapter 16 and 12. After all this happened, he tried to reason with them. Of course, this was all publicly. And a lot of times when people, especially if they're having problems with pride, when they're in front of other people, it's no use trying to talk to them. And so he, Moses tried to do something else. He knew how much trouble they were in. He knew how serious it was. They didn't see it. And in verse 12, are you there? Number 16, 12. What did he do? Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. And what'd they say? What'd they say? We will not come up. This is their leader, the head of the nation. And the head over them in the things of God. I'm not saying Moses did everything perfect and he was a man. I'm sure he made mistakes and they probably saw some of them. But it didn't change the fact God called him and anointed him and put him there. And how many understand it was an act of mercy for him to call them? Wasn't it? He sent word to them privately and said, men, come see me. And what did they say? They said, we will not come. How many understand they were what? Hours away from going down alive into the heart of the earth. Did they realize how much danger they were in? They didn't have a clue. But can you see, did they dishonor Moses by saying, we will not come? What are they saying? We ain't got to listen to you. Who do you think you are? We don't have to come a running when you call. And didn't realize they were saying that to the Lord's face. Yes, sir. He took it personally. Yes. The Lord took it personally. Didn't he? Yes, sir. How many know more than once? The Bible said they murmured against Moses and Aaron. And the Lord would speak to them and say, I hear your murmurings which you murmur against me. Uh-huh. They wasn't calling his name. Right. They thought they would just had a problem with men. We, Phyllis and I have seen that in the ministry, in the church. Thank God not too many times, but there's been a few times where things, we could tell things were getting off and getting out of hand. And you know, we got a lot going on. We don't just, you know, make appointments and do things for no reason, but we've said, you know, come see us. And they wouldn't come. Come sit down and talk to us. Come see us. Wouldn't do it. And sadly, so many times you'll see after that, things just go down, 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 down. What did the scriptures say? In all your ways, acknowledge him. What is that? Does that include acknowledging you got somebody over you? I've got somebody that I have to check in with. Does that mean you're weak? Does it make you less? It just means you're not ignorant. 
you know what's going on. If Jesus, the head of the church, acknowledges that he's got a head, why in the world would you hesitate to acknowledge that you got a head? And it's a sign of a secure person, a strong individual, that'll look at you and go, I can't just answer that. I'll have to ask my husband. I'll have to ask my boss. I'll have to ask my pastor. I'll have to ask my Lord. I can't just tell you that. I'll have to ask. (laughs) And when you're talking to somebody that's over you, you watch yourself carefully and make sure you ain't a telling. Right? You're not telling. What are you doing? You're asking, am I still talking about honoring the Lord? This is honoring the Lord, and can we grow in it? Can we do better? Can we improve? And what will be the result? He, do we want this? Do our, are we hungry enough for this to do whatever it takes to make the adjustments and make the changes? Stand up on your feet and say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for this. I'm hungry for this. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody pray it out loud, say it out loud, close your eyes, say, Father, we see in your word how you despise, hate, lying, rebellion. Forgive us for not acknowledging you, not acknowledging those you put over us. Forgive us for telling when we should have been asking. Making plans when we should have been asking for your plan. Forgive us for our ignorance, our disobedience, our rebellion. We repent. We submit ourselves under your hand and under those you place over us. We honor you. We submit to you. We acknowledge you. We humble ourselves before you. You are our Lord and not ourself. Thank you, Lord. Oh, lift your hands and praise Him. Father, we praise you. We give you glory. We worship you. 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 Oh, just close your eyes. Wait on him just a moment here. Oh, Father, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you for enlightening our darkness. Thank you for opening our understanding. Thank you for leading us into truth that frees us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.